Welcome to Rugged Theology, where we talk about church planting, theology, and drink coffee. And welcome to another episode of Rugged Theology. I am your host, Adam Diamond, and today with me I have a nice, well, somewhat good-looking bunch of men here with me in the room. Uh, you guys just have to take my word for it. <laughs> but today we have Curtis Rogers. How's it going? That is your cue to say hi. We have Steve Bray. Yo, yo. And Mr. Stephen Da. Hello. All right, guys. So today is a neat episode. Um, we, we've often... Actually, a big thing here at Model World Mission is that we like to say that Newfoundland is unique, mm-hmm. right? We've done a few episodes on it, like why Newfoundland, what makes Newfoundland so unique, so special? Why do we need so much contextualization for when people come here to plant churches, et cetera? Uh, and this is just an example of that. So tomorrow um, is Canada Day. It's July 1st. It's Canada Day. But in Newfoundland, for those that don't know, um, it's also our Memorial Day. Um, so if you're listening to this and it's already Canada Day, happy Canada Day to you. But if you're also from Newfoundland, you know, happy Memorial Day to you t- as well. But for those of, for those listening, like why why do we have a Memorial Day on Canada Day and like what's that about? So I brought you guys in to hopefully talk, you know, help me talk about this a bit more. And uh, it's a member of the Battle of the Psalm. Um, so did you guys learn about any of this going to school or anything like that? Uh, well, I didn't quite have to learn about it going through school. My grandfather actually fought in the Psalm. Really? So I actually had no idea about that. Yeah. Uh, in fact, you know, uh, we celebrate July 1st because it was the first day of the Battle of the Psalm. Mm-hmm. And my grandfather was actually quite lucky, strangely enough, because he got taken out by a sniper uh, four days before the Battle of the Psalm and so was injured and in hospital during the Battle of Beaumont Hamill. Wow. That, yeah, I mean, that's a odd stroke of luck. Like, I mean, well, really I, I wouldn't be here if it hadn't happened. But he, uh, okay, aren't we like a reform complementary ministry, and we're talking about the word luck everywhere? Like, well, okay, God, yeah. God did actually <laughs> set this up. But I mean, it was not to be the nitpicky killjoy here, but uh, but but to be I don't nitpicky think it's a, <laughs> killjoy. Yeah. I don't think we really should be talking about killjoys when we're talking about warfare. And well, bad, true enough that. Anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I would say God has been very, very gracious, Steve, to your family. Well, uh, uh, that's a matter of some opinion. After all, if grand if granddad hasn't survived, I wouldn't be here. So I don't know if that's gracious to the rest of you. I would say that's or punishment. <laughs> all right, guys. So yeah, we it, it's a battle of Psalm. It was July first. So like, what what happened? Why do we remember this? Can you guys help me? Uh, if you're a bit of a history buff, like. What exactly are we remembering here for those of us who, for those who are listening who aren't from Newfoundland? Well, I think most people, I, I think fewer people would understand when you say the Psalm versus the Battle of Beaumont Hamill. Mm. I think if there was any hope, well, in people, Newfoundland, right. Beaumont Hamill would be the big one. Yeah, and and so that's that's what I think. But uh, you know, Steve, if you want to give the background on it, well, I mean, you have to just remember that World War One was a strange war, at least by uh, historical standards. Everybody thought it'd be over in a couple of months, and it wasn't. And so people just built all these trenches all along the French-German border, and basically moved a few meters every every couple of months. Uh, and during the Battle of the Somme, it was a big time when the Allied forces figured that they would uh, send all of their troops over the edge. 
um, and uh, ru- uh, rush the defenses on the German side, take a, uh, take it over, end the war, yada, yada, yada. That would be great. Unfortunately, people didn't recognize things like technology. And so the result was that uh, on the day, July 1st, when they were going to do this massive battle to take uh, the German emplacements, uh, the somewhat undereducated uh, generals on the Allied side who thought things like machine guns were overrated weapons uh, sent, well, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people into oncoming machine gun fire, which didn't end well for the people running at machine guns. Yeah. (laughs) What is the statistic? Um, We sent, how many did we send over the... There was about nearly 800 men that went over the top the next morning, only like 60-odd answered roll call. Right, yeah. yeah. It was about over 300 casualties, like uh, 700-odd ca- casualties, 300 deaths. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it was a massive. If you think about the best and the brightest of young men, Newfoundland, all enlisted. Mm-hmm. And then basically in the span of 20 minutes, maybe, yeah. the 80% of them were massacred. Yeah, according um, to the Heritage uh, Newfoundland site here, um, only 68 men answered their names the next morning. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it says 324 were killed, uh, missing or presumed dead, and 386 were wounded. Yeah. yeah so, and people might think, uh, why you guys got a hold? Because you got to realize what the population of Newfoundland Labrador would have been in, you know, the mm-hmm. early 1900s. This would have represented a cataclysmic loss of life to this province. Yep. I mean, even now we're only just about 500,000 people. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, I mean, this is back in 1916. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine how much of a hit this would have been to lose so many of our young men. Yeah. Right. And of course, again, uh, we say best and brightest. We actually mean that because yeah. the large majority of these people would have been uh, young men who would have been, you know, uh, the scions of their families, the That's people right. who were supposed to be uh, in, uh, inheriting the businesses and the jobs and the and the roles after they came back from France and they never did. And we should say also, I mean, when we, let's not just think about the people who died. Let's face it, war at World War One was a different war in that it was far, far more messy and brutal than anybody expected. Yeah. Uh, and so like the vast majority of the people who came back actually had what we now know as post-traumatic stress disorder. That's right, yeah. And I, I will tell you, for our listening audience, uh, our good friend and great supporter of, of Mile One Mission is a guy named Tim Challies. Mm-hmm. And Tim, a couple of years ago, shot a video here largely centered around July 1st. And I would encourage people to go to Tim's website. And I'd say, Curtis, you will repost that video um, when you post this podcast. Yeah, yeah, we can repost it. So Tim Challies did a video called, uh, it's, it's called The Rock? Or I th- they, yes, they call it's called it The Rock. Rock. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, he talks about... Um, what it's like here. And there's just some footage there from exactly. the Memorial Day ceremony. He got to take it. Yeah. But I will tell you, having been down there with Tim, as we get to now, you know, so we're doing this, this is not just a history lesson. This is a history lesson in, in light of mile one mission. Tim Challies said to me when we were down, down there and all the parade comes and and this is what it is, right? So Canada Day, even now in pop culture, right now with all of the stuff happening with the residential school, mm-hmm. there's been a great debate about whether or not Canada should even celebrate tomorrow. Yeah. Newfoundland has had this weird thing anyway, because nobody gets up tomorrow morning in a jovial mood. No. It is truly a memorial day. And if you are down at the Cenotaph in St. John's, it is a somber, serious time. Mm -hmm. And Tim was just really struck with that, Tim Challies. And then what also really hit him 
was we got to the end of it and they sing God Save the Queen. Mm-hmm. Then they sing O Canada. And then they sing the Ode to Newfoundland. And Tim looks at me at the end of it and he said, Steve, hardly anybody sang O Canada. About half the people sang God Save the Queen. And he said, then the place went up with yep. the Ode to Newfoundland. And it's really hard for us to express to the world what we're dealing with here as a church in a hard place, the sense of uniqueness and pride in their culture and their heritage and their history. Right. And you got to remember, too, Newfoundland never became a part of Canada until 1949. Yeah. So when we, when, during World War One, we were the dominion of Newfoundland. That's right. Yeah. Um, and, and even even today, there still be some people like like my grandparents were born in Newfoundland. They weren't born in Canada. That's right. Um, my parents were born in Newfoundland, not Canada. Yeah. And my grandparents so, all said that. Yeah. And so even even there are plenty of people even still alive today who would almost be offended if you call them Canadian. Yep. Um, because it is really hard for people to understand if you're in Newfoundland and you ask e- even your generation, Curtis, because you're only in your early 20s. If you ask people, where are you from? Their instinctive answer is, I'm from Newfoundland. Yep. And then they'll say, oh, I, I mean, I'm from Canada. I've caught myself doing this. I have been, to, I have traveled to Russia and Israel and Jamaica and all over the United States and all these other countries that I've been in. And I'll get asked, and my inst- instinct is to say, oh, I'm from Newfoundland. Mm-hmm. And then I get a look like, where's that? And I'm like, oh, right, I got to say I'm from Canada. Right. Um, and it's really hard for our listening audience that's not from here to understand this is why it's so important that Mile One Mission exists the way it does that we are trying to raise up indigenous Newfoundlanders Mm -hmm. to reach our people and why we need a mechanism like this, a ministry like this, because we do need outsiders. We need people to come and help church plant and help intern here from all around the world, but they have to take time to learn this culture. And Mm -hmm. July 1st gives you an up-close and emotional view of just how unique Newfoundland culture is. Well, and and too, I mean, part of it is actually done by things like what we remember at July 1st. I mean, historians often say that the Battle of Vimy Ridge is where Canada became a nation. Well, Newfoundland became a nation at the Battle of the Somme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was after World War One that we were given the title Royal Newfoundland Regiment. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, there's lot, lots of stories that go along with that, that um, especially me being in the, the armed forces here about all the time, like when the Newfoundlanders were holding up a, a flank and I can't remember which general came along and said, who are you? And everybody responded, we're Newfoundlanders. And then he walked away. Well, he said, well, I know that my, my flank is safe then if the Newfoundlanders are there. And we take great pride in that. Yeah. Absolutely. My grandfather mm-hmm. was convinced that Newfoundlanders band- banding together could win any war. Like it, it was a, it's a, it's a weirdness. It's, it's hard to describe because Newfoundlanders are notoriously proud and stubborn. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. My, and, my wife would agree to that. <laughs> and to be another strange thing about it. I mean, if you go to, uh, when I was down at the Cenotaph uh, a couple of times, you, you'll always notice the Australian guy. That's right. Always yep. delivers a wreath to the, uh, to the, to what we call the national war memorial. That's right. On St. In St. John's. And the reason is because we fought at Gallipoli too. That's right. We're the only North American regiment to, to fight in Gallipoli. Right. Yeah. yeah, like, I mean, where does that ever happen? Like, only here. Like, I remember the first time I saw that, and I was rebuked about, Steve, you need to know your own history, because when you started out by asking, I remember taking Newfoundland history in mm-hmm. school, but I guess in my youthfulness, I always took it for granted yeah. 
having lived away from Newfoundland for 15 years and only having moved back in 2015, I am finding I am becoming more and more proud of my history. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, Curtis is beside me. We just did a trip up to Goose Bay, up in Labrador, and into the Big Island, as they call it. Big land. The Big Land, sorry. There you go. <laughs> um, and I was also schooled and taught about parts of history and the collision of religion and all these things that were, quite frankly, a bit embarrassing. Mm-hmm. But again, unique to Newfoundland and Labrador. And, yep. and I think this is what's so important. You are never going to arrive here cocky with, with the gospel and go, I'm here now to fix everybody. I'm here to change everything. No, there needs to be a patient humility that says, no, I'm here to show people Jesus. And I will wait on Christ as we do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, part of it's too... It, I, I feel good, bad for people who come here. Some, in some ways, thinking that thinking that way because it's like we talk like everybody else That's talks right. in Canada, at least at some level, with the exception of Adam, obviously. Hey, bye. But <laughs> so everybody assumes that you know Newfoundland's culture and history must be pretty much like everybody else's in Canada or everybody else's in North America, and it's just not. Um, but it's easy to pretend that it is because, you know, you still go to McDonald's. Yeah. We drive the same cars. We watch the same TV shows. But our history is actually completely different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just look how offended we get if somebody calls us a maritime province. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is, though. Someone says maritime. We're like, oh, well, we're not here. Like, yeah. Right or, or someone dare say Newfoundland. Oh, or Newfoundland. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I get pretty wrong. Yeah, that exactly. One. <laughs> or quite frankly, and I, I'm not sure if I agree with this or not, but even now lately, Newfie. Mm, yeah. um, it, it seems like that's even become something that we can say, but nobody else can. Yeah, that's a weird. I think I think like province is almost like fifty fifty on that one. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I got. Uh, I will ask Curtis in a second, like because Curtis, you've taken part in some of our ceremonies at Memorial Day and stuff. Uh, but before I do that, I actually got a uh, the Rowan Newfoundland Regiment um, has some posts here, and they have some accounts actually from people who were at the battle. Um, and this is really interesting. Um, so this is written by uh, uh, PTE, PTE Osmond. Um, private. Private. Private, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Shows how much I know there. But this is what it says. On July, and on July 1st is more than I can stand. Bullets flying everywhere. Within a couple of hundred yards from the German lines, I got a bullet through my right lung, and I thought I was up. I was a bomber at the time with 20 mils of bombs around me. I was down with bullets flying all around me. It was a hard sight. Anyway, I kept my head, and the first thing that I did was to get clear of the bombs, or I rolled to my neck. Um, so anyways, he, crawl, he crawls back, and he says, sometime that day I got back to our trenches after bullets were flying around, and just as I was rolling over in, in over the trenches, Captain Summers came to my rescue. There our trenches were full of the dead and wounded soldiers. Captain Summers helped me in our trench, and he got me behind, got behind me and put his hands up under my arms and helped me get to a dugout where the Red Cross attended me. For 12 days, I was on the serious list, and there were more dead than alive. Um, so that's just a report of one private there. Um, there's another quick story there. I won't read that one out, but uh, it says that they got as far as the danger tree. Uh, and for those listening, that was a tree in no man's land between the two groups, the Allied and the... Uh, what would the other forces go? 
Germans. Yeah, Germans. I, I, I totally, I totally blanked there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a tree that withstood all the bombardment that they had done previously. Um, and the Newfoundlanders that had made it that far had kind of rallied there. And this report says that if you had made it that far, um, you were either going, you either, either ended up dead or shot. Um, because yeah. this little apple tree basically gave no protection, but it was the only thing standing up in the land. What, 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 what it was is that at that part, the reason why they called it danger tree was because there was a gap in the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. And in order to get through the barbed wire, basically the, the all Newfoundlanders had to funnel through single file. Mm-hmm. So it was easy pickings for the German machine gunners. So they just got mowed down. And that's something, again, that's unique to that time. If you go down to the memorial, on, they will read stories like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I love it because when I look around, there are young and old, and you will see people, every time I've been down there, there are people weeping. Mm-hmm. There are people consoling children. You see this, this weird, awe, concerned face on these children who watch it, who love all the, the parade stuff. But then there's this sobriety to the, le- uh, the wreath-laying and then that someone will read an account like you just did. Mm-hmm. Every time I've been down there, that happens. And I'm telling you, it freezes me. It japs absolutely. And I think that's what leads to, at the very end, when we sing the ode to Newfoundland. And it's really hard to say this. My, my daughter, we moved back here in 2015. My daughter was already in grade seven. We put her in French immersion. Um, I remember we, we really had to baby her through that because she'd been in a different school in Prince Edward Island. So at the graduation, that grade seven, I went to that just to see how she had done because mm-hmm. we put her in French immersion late. And we attended the closing ceremony and they sing Oh Canada. And I'm telling you, it was just really sad. And then they sang the Ode to Newfoundland and the entire gymnasium erupted. And I was in shock. I actually went to teachers because this was my first taste of Newfoundland again. And here were these kids in grade seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. So you're talking 13, 14 years of age, and they knew word for word the Ode to Newfoundland and sang it proudly, Mm -hmm. um, which I had never encountered before. In my years in PEI, they were proudly Canadian, and singing the National Anthem was a proud thing to do, but it's really shocking. And that's not to say the Newfoundlanders aren't proudly Canadian. It's just that they are uniquely connected to their Newfoundland history. Yeah, it's it, there's a sense of real pride in being Newfoundland. Like you said, like even for me, it's like I'm a Newfoundlander, then I'm a Canadian. Even though, yep. like, even though I wasn't born before Newfoundland joined Canada, I still yep. identify as a Newfoundlander first. Yep, and that's why Memorial Day for us, like, it is a weird, it is a bit of weird for the rest of Canada because, like, up until 12 p.m., it's a very somber moment. But from 12 p.m. on, that's when you're in Canada. They celebrations start well, well again and i just i just did the math in my head steve what you're talking about because i mentioned my grandparents but my parents were both born in newfoundland not in canada yeah because they were born in 1941 and 42 and yep and Which stuff like well that and so i'm realizing like only people born 1950 and onward can honestly say they were born in canada mm-hmm. that's yep. not that long ago when you think about it, as, as Curtis was saying, the country, Canada, is now, what, 155? Something, I think something like that, yeah. Yeah, and yet, so we, we, we're we only like 71 years into this country, so yep. half of it, we weren't even here, over half of it. That that And that's... And I would point out that this isn't just because of that local history. Let's face it, when Canada was be, being developed, uh, we were part of the constitutional conventions. 
we just chose not to become part of Canada. Yeah, and not only that, but I'll tell you another thing that people don't realize. I mean, in the light of, because in the modern news, when we think of the Second World War and the whole debate of, of what was happening in Germany at the time with, the, with, with Jewish people, mm-hmm. Canada had closed its borders to Jewish mm-hmm. refugees. Newfoundland didn't. Newfoundland took in Jewish refugees. One of the shocking things for me and my family was we attended a Holocaust memorial in Prince Edward Island with my entire family, and the guy's name was Philip Reitman, who cried and wept as he said, Newfoundland took him in. Wow. I'll be honest. I have a picture with him. My boys, actually, we got so close that they actually got to light candles um, in, in that ceremony and I, I will tell you, it was one of the proudest moments I've ever had as a Newfoundlander was to know that Newfoundland has always had a history of loving people mm-hmm. and being there. So, uh, Curtis, you know, you, you're, you've been active in our reserves and, you know, the Legion and that. So, like, you've taken part in the ceremony. So what's what's that been like for you in the morning? Oh, and, like, I mean, you're getting ready now, actually, the uh, do a ceremony tonight or tomorrow night, isn't it? Or tonight? Tonight and tomorrow morning, yeah. Yeah, so tell us, like, what's that been like for you to take part in those ceremonies? What have you witnessed? What was the feeling of taking part in something like that? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a member of the Royal Newfoundland Regiment, and I'm in the Royal Newfoundland Regiment band, so I play trombone there. And, yeah, I guess tomorrow, being July 1st, we'll be doing a ceremony at the National War Memorial in St. John's. And, you know, I remember even when I was... Um, part of the ceremonial guard band in in Ottawa, and laying a wreath there at the National War Memorial in Ottawa during um, July first, and then hearing some of the stories. I actually had um, the, one of the stories of my great 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 uncle who died as a POW in in, um, in Battle of Manchi. Um, his story was read out during that time in Ottawa, and it was just a it, it's a it's a somber mood. It's sort of you know, you're remembering, you're, you're taking time to think back. It's very much like, it's like it is on Remembrance Day. It, it, mm. It's it's similar to that. Mm. Um, I personally don't, at least for the first, you know, until that ceremony's over, I don't really think at all about Canada. That's right. Uh, I really, I really couldn't care, care less at that point. I'm more so just looking back at um, the history, especially with my family's history and the regiment and, and all that stuff. And there's, there's a sense of pride, but also a sense of, um, you know, what could have been mm-hmm. remorse because, again, so many, a large swath of the future leaders of our country were just like mowed down at the ages of 20 odd or so, some kids, some four, kids were 14 yeah, years old. Some lied about their ages. They yeah. were 14 years old. Uh, which yeah. I, yeah, actually my great, great, great uncle lied about his age he got in at like 17 because i mean we have to remember that uh, i mean newfoundland history again is a little different we lost our sovereignty in uh the in the 1930s Mm -hmm. but part of that was because we simply didn't have exactly leadership i mean you you could totally make a point that newfoundland would possibly still be a country today if it wasn't for the battle of beaumont hamill i mean that might be a bit of a stretch but well, my grandfather would have agreed with you, yeah, because yeah. uh, he was one of those ones that did not was not thrilled to, to join. Canada. Well, the vote was in fact very close, right? So. And, and, and that took two to rounds. It took yeah. two rounds. It was two 
they didn't do it on the first ballot. Nope. It had to go to a second ballot. Yeah. And the argument can be made, it was very drawn across religious lines. Yep. And this is stuff what we're saying here. And so our, le- our listeners, if you're listening, guys, all of this still plays out in Newfoundland in on the last day of June of 2021. Yep. This stuff will still get argued about in coffee shops, at pubs, in homes, in kitchen parties, in garages, especially if you get to the older generation. Mm-hmm. The role of Newfoundland, the role of Canada, what should have been, what did it cost us, who has taken our resources. And this is what's so incredibly difficult about coming here to plant churches if you're not from here. Because Newfoundlanders are a hearty people. We're a laughing, fun-loving people. We're a partying people. And so we're known for our friendliness. We're known for our hospitality. We're known for our generosity. But that doesn't mean you're trusted or accepted. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we're also known for our pride and our stubbornness. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I mean, this is, I hope this is eye opener for people who, you know, are in the rest of Canada. And even if you're one of our supporters from the U.S. or if you haven't come across us from another country, um, we, we truly are a unique breed here in Newfoundland. Not that no one else isn't, but if you're going to plant churches here, you need to know the context. Yeah, you need to know absolutely. the culture, the history. Yep. It just makes sense to know what you're getting into. You know what? I, I, we had a pastor come, and I really, really am so thankful. He he got up in front of our church, and he said, for decades, we thought we were supposed to send rescue boats, and we were going to come rescue the Newfoundland and Labradorians. He said, instead, we should have been sending supply ships mm. and coming alongside those that were here. So for our listening audience, we are not saying, don't come. No, no. We definitely need you. This is a place that's actually, in fact, as we were talking about it this morning, this city is very likely far under 1% evangelical. This is an unchurched region of our country. Mm -hmm. And we need help. We need people to pray for Newfoundland and Labrador. We need men and women and families to be called to Newfoundland and Labrador. And we need young men and women to come as, as parts of core teams so we can see churches scattered across this city and province. And it's going to be a long, hard, often out of the way. We'll be like David's mighty men. We'll be faceless and nameless, but we'll be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. But come with this attitude of, I am here to partner, not here because I've arrived. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's very important. And I'm very thankful. And if people out there want to partner with us or come, we we would invite you. But you know what? The greatest asset, especially for our partners, is it gives us the opportunity to raise up guys like Curtis and even Adam like you, who is church planting. And Curtis feels called to ministry and starts school in September here in Newfoundland. So eventually, Lord willing, not only will he help you and your church plant, but eventually will church plant himself. Amen. And uh, we want to see, I don't know, Steve, what? A dozen new churches planted over the next few years, if God will give it to us? Over the next few years. I've got bigger dreams for... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, this is this is what it is. We have an American here with us right now from Biloxi, Mississippi. Yep. He has shown such grace and humility, and he's been wonderful. And, and I tell you, he is in awe. Every weekend, the guy is out taking pictures of new things, experiencing new things of Newfoundland and Labrador, and it doesn't, doesn't stop. Every Monday, he comes to me and goes... This place is just amazing. 
And yeah. I felt that going to Labrador, and I've been a Newfoundlander my entire life, and only got to go to Labrador for the first time, and sitting in that Innu tent with Elizabeth Panagioué, yeah, opened my eyes to the bigness of my island, the need of my island, the uniqueness of You weren't my on island. the island then, though. Okay, right. <laughs> uh, the big land. The big land. I, I just, I was humbled, and I know Curtis and I talked about this a lot together, of just the posture of humility needed mm -hmm. to learn yeah. but then the confidence that we have the gospel mm -hmm. right and the gospel transcends every culture right. every age every gender every need mm -hmm. and we we need that here i mean we had posts earlier um on our social media that you know we're open to the rest of canada starting tomorrow amen um so if you're hearing this and you want to look into a vision trip see what we're talking about see if we're telling the truth reach out you know, contact us at info at mileonemission.ca and learn what it means, what what the vision trip could look like for you and your church. Um, so thank you guys so very much. And um, I hope you've learned something listening to this and, you know, just we're even be able to grasp probably by how passionate we are about <laughs> how different Newfoundland is and how, you know, prideful we can be hopefully in a good way, and the fact that we are Newfoundlanders and what that means. And you are, when you put this up, you will put up a link to that video too, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Thanks again for listening. I hope this has been informative to you, to everyone who's in Canada. Happy Canada Day. And to my friends in Newfoundland and Labrador, if you're listening, happy Canada Day and a happy Memorial Day. We'll catch you again next week. You have been listening to Rugged Theology. Rugged Theology is a podcast of Mile One Mission. If you'd like to know more about Mile One Mission and our work in Newfoundland, please visit us at www.mileonemission.ca.